Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Michael Denk, currently the Associate Pastor at St. Joseph Parish in Amherst. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Tim. So glad to be here with you. It's great to see you again. We're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT, uh, Section 1, about what we believe as Catholics. And today we're going to cover, uh, starting with question number 11, why do we hand on the faith and how do we hand on the faith? Yeah, so the first question, why? Why do we hand on the faith? Well, ultimately, that was the commandment. That, that's something Christ commanded us to. You know, we hear in Matthew chapter 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So why do we do it? Ultimately, because Christ asked us to do it. You know, and as we talked about yesterday, we are Christ for others. We are Christ. Uh, we're his presence today. And that's our ultimate call in baptism is to, to, to bring that faith to all nations and to gather all people to himself. So God continues to, to come to other people and, you know, a true disciple will, will say to himself, the Lord needs me. You know, the true disciple knows that, that, that I have been commissioned, I've been baptized and confirmed and responsible, that we have a great responsibility for helping other people around us to learn about God, to come to know him, love him and serve him. And as we hear in Timothy chapter two, to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, that's, that's why we, we desire so much to do this, is that other people, so that we can help them really experience this knowledge of the truth that we have to introduce them to Jesus Christ. Mother Teresa used a great comparison, and uh, the UCAT uh, tells a story. Often you can see power lines running along the, the street, so maybe you're driving now and you see some power lines. Unless there's current flowing through them, there's no light at the end. Um, so she says that the power line is, is, is you and I. You know, we're like the, these power lines that can become channels of God. And the current, ultimately, that, that, that runs through us is God, is the Holy Spirit. So we have this innate power in us, the ability to allow this current to flow through us, to allow this current to, to flow through us into other people so that the light, the light may shine and that, that, that people in darkness may, may see the light. I know that's a, a tall challenge, at least for me sometimes, to think that I have the responsibility of not just being Christ-like, but as you mentioned, being Christ to others. Yeah. And sometimes it kind of holds me back from being able to totally trust in Christ, and which is what I should do. Because right. if I can do that, then I don't have to worry about it's about me, because it's not about me. It's yeah. about... How can I bring Christ to that person? And we realize that all we, we have to do is, is be who God created us to be, to, to be Christ for today. And ultimately, we, we do that because Christ always did the will of the Father. And so the more that we do the will of the Father, the more that we're going to truly represent Christ, you know, to be Christ for other people. So it really is 
discerning and discovering God's will for us and becoming fully who we are, that we will become full, fully Christ in this world. And, and one of the things that I do, Father, that might be helpful, helpful to our listeners is I say little prayers throughout the day. Mm. And one of the little prayers I say is, Heavenly Father, your will be done, not mine. Yeah, and that's a wonderful prayer. So just prayer. a little prayer to f- re- retune and, and, and put my focus not on Tim Perry and, and me, but how can I please our Heavenly Father? Exactly. How can I do His will? Yeah, and that's like a little excerpt from the, the Our Father, you know, which is the perfect prayer, ultimately doing the Father's will and not ours. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, if we, if we can just be aware of that throughout the day, and, and that will be done. You know, and some of that is just accepting life as it happens. You know, like Jesus himself, there were times where he prayed that God might change his will, you know, ultimately mm-hmm. the agony in the garden. But some of this is just accepting life as it comes. But sometimes it doesn't go my way, Father. I know. <laughs> I don't like it when it doesn't <laughs> and, and, go my uh, way. And that that is ultimately going to form and shape us into into Christ. You know, the, the more that we say that will be done. You know, Father, it's not my way. Maybe it's not the way that I would choose, but accepting life as it is and, and as God is and God, as God works through all of this this mystery of life and and uh, the world to come. Mm-hmm. Another prayer I like to say is, Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, give me the grace to handle this. Yeah. You know, get me through this. Please help me. And those, um, you know, those tiny prayers can be wonderful for us throughout the day. So hopefully you have your own, you know, that you can, you can go to. In the old church, they called them ejaculations. They're, they are like spontaneous bursts of prayer. You know, they're, they're small phrases that we offer to God. And it could be as simple as, uh, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. You know, think about Peter walking on the water and he's sinking. Just in the middle of your day, Lord, save me. Maybe it's from myself, from my own thoughts, or maybe it's from my boss or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, that we have some kind of phrase that we can hold on to, some prayer that's our go-to mm-hmm. uh, throughout the day. And, and I like to say those little prayers because it reminds me that Jesus truly is with me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really talking to him because he's right there with me. Right, yeah. May, yeah. Maybe even sitting next to me in the car. Maybe, next you know? to you, in you. Yeah, he's so close to you, and all you have to do is turn to him in your moment all you have to do is is turn your attention to him and again thy will be done and and as we do that we we become more and more in union with him and that's pleasing to him when we do turn to him because that's what he wants us yeah, to do yeah he's our best friend you know so if you think about it Rely think about, on think me. about a, yeah think Rely about a parent and their child they love when their when their kids will will turn to them as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to to figure it out on their own you good know? point that's a good point uh, number 12 in the UCAN asks, how can we tell what belongs to the true faith? Yeah, so especially the, in the age that we live in where you have the Internet and you can do all, you know, search through chats and everyone's expressing their own opinion. How do we really know what is the truth? And the UCAT says we find the true faith in sacred scripture and in the living tradition of the church. So we have always been a, a faith of scripture and tradition. You know, these are the two ways that God has always revealed him to, re- revealed himself to us. And a, a lot of the Protestant faiths have kind of founded themselves on sola scriptura. You know, we, we, we know God by scripture alone. And this is simply not true. We've always come to know God through tradition. Even before scripture, 
The word of God, Jesus, these encounters with God were handed down in oral tradition. You know, for a mm-hmm. hundred years before they were finally compiled, 150 years before they were compiled and, and canonized into scripture. And that scripture is never to be um, understood on its own, but only in the context of the tradition that is passing it on to us. You know, it's kind of like um, instruction manuals. It's, it's much better to actually have someone that knows what they're doing rather than just handing us an instruction manual and trying to follow it. That can be so torturous because um, when you have someone there that can actually walk you through it and really explain it to you, that's what our tradition is. It's, it's helping us understand the fullness of revelation that is revealed to us in Scripture and tradition. That's a good point. I, I find that with my phone. Yeah, <laughs> I can't figure out how to work my phone, and I try and figure it out on my own, and it just doesn't help. So I go to Walmart, and I talk to one of the kids at the desk, and they figure it out in 30 seconds. And Jesus said, turn and become like children. You know? yeah. So you go, we, we do, we only come to know him in this, in this, um, this holy tradition, the, 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 the people that he has given, guided by the Holy Spirit. In the early church, it was said that sacred scripture was written on the heart of the church rather than on parchment. That was one of the early church uh, fathers that said that. That scripture is written on the heart of the church rather than parchment. You know, so that's the, the understanding of, of the fullness of revelation in tradition as well in scripture. Yeah, it's interesting to note that most people for the first 1,500 years after Christ came didn't have a Bible because it was too expensive. It was like uh, a year's worth of income to own a Bible yeah. until the printing press was invented. Right. And then uh, when it was invented, the first book printed, of course, was the, the sacred scriptures. But yeah, and if you took the Bible off by yourself um, and just read it by yourself, you could come up with some pretty crazy notions. You know what I mean? So if you just sat and read the book of Revelations without having any understanding of, of what that, that really means, or if you read the Old Testament and didn't have the fullness of what our tradition teaches about Jesus and, and the Father, you could come out with a pretty distorted view of God. And some people do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why they believe the yeah, way that they in, do. In our, scripture, in our scripture courses, that would be called proof texting, where you just take a part of it and you, you separate it from the fullness of our faith and tradition, and, and you focus on that as being the ultimate truth. And, and ultimately, he reveals himself to us in the fullness of that, in the fullness of Scripture and tradition. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, number 13 of the UCAN asks, can the church err in questions of faith? So the simple answer is no. The church can't err in questions of faith or, or morals. But we need to explain that a little bit because the church is, is always two things, fully human and fully divine. And, and we as people, fully human, fully divine. And when Christ came into this world, fully human, fully divine. So we have to understand that there is a human dimension to the church. The Holy Spirit works with us as humans and, and, and works in the midst of that. But it is, it is 100% human and 100% divine. So the faithful as a whole, you know, and, and, and this tradition as a whole, cannot err in faith. Because Jesus, ultimately, we rely on him. He promised. He made a promise to us that he would send the spirit of truth and keep us in the truth. So why can we say, no, we can't err? We're ultimately trusting that Jesus does send us the truth in his spirit. And again, that doesn't work through just one person. It's through the entire church together. So that's the fullness. And not only the church together right now, but the church throughout all of time 
the fullness of revelation in our tradition. Okay. One last question, number 14, is sacred scripture true? So the UCAT says the books of scripture firmly, faithfully, and without error teach the truth. So the answer is yes. It's a simple answer. And again, written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they have God as their author. So that's where we go back to again. We're fully human. So as humans, we cannot express or, or fully reveal God, but the Holy Spirit working in us can. So scripture is truthful in and through the Holy Spirit working uh, through us and through those that, that left us the, the, the sacred scripture. So again, ultimately, we're, we're trusting in what Christ said and did. We are. And if you look at what the actual word inspiration means, so we believe Scripture was divinely inspired, is divinely inspired. Inspiration means to breathe into. You know, so the whole notion that God breathes into our humanity. He, he breathed into these authors. He, he gave his Holy Spirit to us so that we could fulfill his command to go out to all nations and proclaim the gospel and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Awesome, Father. Could we please have your uh, blessing on our listeners, please? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May, al may Almighty God bless all of you who are listening today, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. You've been listening to Father Michael Dent as we go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and discuss what we believe as Catholics. Just a reminder that all our past Faith with Father shows are archived at livingbreadradio.com. Until next time, may God bless you and yours richly. This has been Tim Perry. Bye now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.